Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Wow, I'm not sure I've recovered yet from last night. Those tacos. Who had a taco last night? Okay. True. Who had more than one? Who, more, who had more than two? Yes, okay, good. All right, we're not going to go any farther lest I uh, compromise myself. So, um, hey, I hope, you, I hope you didn't miss out. It was such a great, great event. Uh, the, at the very least, it was a social gathering, fun with people and joking around. And then, uh, and then to, to fund ministry and I think we set a record. I think we set a record. For net, so that's um, kind of surprising, right? We're, anyways, yeah, good job. Woo, go you. So, um, so good job. Hey, and then we had we had we had coats and ties on stage with the band. Did you see that? I'm sorry, I'm starting not to recognize you people. <laughs> Raising more money than ever before, and then dressing up for church. Don't you know that we're Rock Bible Church? In casual ways that welcome all to worship, right? Welcome to Rock Bible Church. We're a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. See, now I recognize you. Yeah, so um, uh, it was fun. And, and uh, we'll continue to work towards uh, those two trips and, and what needs to happen and give you updates and, and all that. And uh, just appreciate you. Now I have to say thank you because there were quite a few people and I'm going to start naming names and I'm going to miss names, right? But um, from the Austins and what they did to the decorations to Hannah and uh, the McDuffies, what they did coordinating the food, which... A whole bunch of people helped out with, okay, which I can't remember all the names. Then there's the Ash Twins, Jan and Megan, um, and, and all the stuff that they did. And then uh, Leslie, Denise, and Julie with collecting. I, I got involved in the collecting and in the printing of bid sheets this year, and, and I, I quickly resigned. <laughs> I did one year, I'm in, and now I'm out. That, it is, I never realized how much work that is involved with that and then you throw making food and throwing an event and all that that went into that was just so great and then all the donations and it was just um, it was wonderful uh, and there's no proof no one caught me drinking the salsa there's no evidence as to whether that did or did not happen so uh, next year join us and uh, we'll have a good time you ready this is what we call today a four-sheeter. Oh, no. Let's get going. We're continuing our series in the book of John. We're doing John chapter 7 today. It's, it's, it's almost a story. It's just like a kind of mostly a conversation. A lot of verses of just conversation. Um, and so it was a little tougher this week. And uh, we're kind of going to get into this thing the theme where Jesus says, look, I'm, I'm here uh, doing his will, not mine. Right? And uh, it's, it's kind of the whole chapter. And so we're going to point out some things. And at the end, it's a four-sheeter, so I had to do four fill-ins. I know for some of you, that's tragic because you can only handle three a week. Save one for midweek or something, okay? Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump right in after... After we pray, let's go. Lord, uh, be with us. Thank you for last night. Thank you for what we're going to get to do because of it. Uh, may we remember it's all what you do. And pray, Lord, that that would happen uh, in this next few moments as well. We know you are here for worship and the singing. And we know that you're in your word. Pray that you'd be with us as we look through this. Your direction, your direction for us today. May we be different, better, encouraged through your time. Ask your spirit to guide it, and we trust it honors and glorifies you in the name of your beautiful son, Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 John chapter 7, verse 1. 
Uh, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judah because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Pretty good plan. We're going to stay up north. Galilee is up north of Jerusalem. Um, we'll do a map some other time. Uh, but the Jews, they were having the Feast of Booths. So, verse 3, so his brothers said to him, his brothers, you know Jesus had brothers? Did you know this? A little fact of trivia. We've been watching, um, we've been watching, uh, what's, what's the show I've been watching? Thank you. I've been watching The Chosen, and little things keep coming up, and people in the room start asking questions, and there's a lot of random facts that I remember, and it's the weirdest thing. Um, but Jesus had brothers. Uh, in fact, one of them is supposedly the author of one of the books in the, in the New Testament. Do we, do we know this? James, right? They think it was probably Jesus' brother James who wrote the book of James. So, kind of fun, fun fact. Um, they're going to give him a hard time here. They say, uh, once you leave and go to Judea, that your disciples uh, may see the works you're doing. For no one works in secret if he wants to be known openly. And if you do these things, show yourself to the world. Well, what's the delay, Jesus? You're, you're up north. You're not down in the center of things. It's kind of what they're saying. But, I mean, if Jesus is somewhere, then where's the center of things? Where he is, right? I mean, apparently he cares about uh, uh, more than just the Jews. We're, we're clear on this? We, we should, because... That's all of us, right? Pretty much. He's got an agenda. They, they have an agenda. It's weird. I, I didn't realize this. It's possible to have a different agenda than Jesus. Has anybody ever? No, none of you. Okay. This lesson, the rest of this lesson will just be for me then. Um, so let's see how this plays out. Uh, verse 5. Uh, for not even his brothers believed in him. Now, that might have been one of the easiest verses in the Bible to believe. <laughs> oh, you, you think you're Messiah, huh? Whatever. I remember the time you tripped over and knocked your teeth out. You know, you... They, don't, whoa, they don't believe him. And so he, they want proof, right? You ever doubted him and wanted proof? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said to them, well, it's not time yet. My time has not yet come. But your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. What? I was just asking you to go to the feast. And then he, Jesus starts into this theme. He's got an agenda he needs them to learn, them to pick up. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to the feast, to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. Ooh, anybody have a problem with this? What did he tell his brothers? He said he wasn't going. Then he went. That wrong, bad, uh, what do we call that? Bear false witness, right? It might be a thematic statement that he's saying, look, I'm not going up publicly, right? That's the way I would take it because it makes this statement. He's not publicly, but in private. He didn't go to be this big participant. In it. He, he went nonchalant, kind of high. You know, like some of you like to do, you come in, you sit in the back, and I'm, I'm here, but I'm not really here, kind of thing. I, that was me my whole life. So I figured out I can't pay attention unless I sit up close. So he says, I'm not going to be sitting up close on this one. I'm going to be in the back. I think that's what's going on. Uh, Jews were looking for him at the feast saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said he's a good man, others said, no, he's leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. Um, we have different people with different perspectives on who he is. That happened today. So what's what's the problem? We're lacking clarity. 
You know, for for some of us, one of the best things that we could get in our relationship with Lord is clarity. And, and more than a, a real experience, how about I be clear with Him? How about He be clear with me? And then I'll go have my experiences with Him. Uh, I've always, for the most part, wanted my experiences first. You can tell me about yourself later, Jesus. It's backwards. These guys, the brothers, now these Jews uh, that are looking for him, they, they're all looking for signs, proof. They want some clarity. We're going to get to that when we get to the fill-ins. Uh, but watch this. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. And this is not really... Uh, passage this is i'm going to step out of the passage for a second and just go devotional i was thinking about this all week like how often do i speak openly about god and when i withhold my speaking about him you know when it is what's going on in me <laughs> fear i get nervous how will they take it you're in a crowd. Everybody's starting to talk about what do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, I'm a plumber. I, I work in tech. Uh, I'm a marketing person. You, sir, what do you do? Wah, wah. <laughs> right? I'm a nonprofit business launcher. <clears throat> I've come up with a lot of fun names for that. Um, I, I withhold out of fear. What's Jesus say? Fear not right and then he says be my witnesses right isn't there a verse that says something about um and you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and even to the ends of the earth not important hey james um can we can we, we're, we're rabbit trailing here just a second. Can you get the, um, I guess it would be Nathan, the, the main screen that just says Rock Bible or RBC with the, the logo, the focus there. You know where those, those rings came from? Well, first, people started to say, it looks too much like Target. <laughs> so we weren't going to call it Target. We weren't going to call it rings either because we're not a circus. I, I, we thought of it as, um, as focus. That's what we call it. Um, but you know, no, if you have three lines, then how many areas do you have? Four. You got inside the middle circle, then you got between the middle and the second circle, and then you have between the second circle and the third circle, and then you have to the ends of the earth outside of it. And you'll be my missus in Jerusalem. That's the center. Judea, the second. Samaria, the third. And then, boom. You notice how the artwork, it's dark in the middle of a ring and then it spans out from the ring? It's spreading out. And yet I want to talk privately about him. <laughs> you know, Which is funny because every Sunday I speak publicly about him. But then I get in other scenarios and I I want to be quiet I'm working on that you too amen all right let's go back um, Nathan show me where we were <laughs> yeah there we go uh, yeah no one would speak mobile verse 14 about the middle of the feast Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching <laughs> whoops so much for not public Jews therefore marveled. What's that? What's that? Marvel. Give me a synonym. They were amazed, perplexed, maybe. Right. Give me some more. Astounded. Astounded. What was the other one in the back? Surprise. Okay. And what did they say? They said, "How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied?" Boy, they got that one wrong, huh? <laughs> he's, the, he's the teacher. He's the master. So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, 
but his who sent me. Now, we're going to get into Jesus. Remember he said, my time hasn't come. This teaching isn't mine. You're going to get this, this feel of he's, he's claiming nothing out of ownership, but who's he giving ownership to? Right? Giving ownership to God. It's a great example he sets for us. One of the values we have of the humanity of Christ is the things he examples for us. He models. It's not mine, but him but his who sent me, if anyone, anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. He said, look, if you're, if you're doing your own thing, you're going you're gonna to struggle with what I say. But if you're doing God's will, this is going to make sense to you. right? By the way, this is where we get our title for the day, right? doing God's will. right? If your will is to do God's will, boy, that's a... That's a tough question. My, my favorite um, trick, exercise, uh, was played on me when I think it was late high school or early college, and this guest speaker came in and, and, and he said, what do you want? Like, if, if you could have certain things, what like what's realistic? Not, you know, I want a Ferrari and a Porsche, and a, you know, or anything. I don't want $40 trillion. Something realistic, what do you want? And he would say, it would take a few minutes. I think he actually made us make a list. Right? Then, he said, okay, second part of the exercise. What does God want? Make a list. Take a few minutes. Then, here comes the zinger. Are they the same? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I failed. Um, how, how often are we on own agenda? Right? Like the brothers, like the Jews in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, hey, how about, uh, how about God's will? Just God's will. Um, that, that's a difficult pursuit. Super difficult pursuit. Uh, and, and that takes learned behavior. You know, there's some things that are innate and some things you must learn. Right? Like math. Nobody just... Math, right? I wish we could be Neo in the Matrix and have somebody plug into the back. Like, I know jujitsu, <laughs> right? Just all of a sudden. It doesn't work that way, right? So we've got to work at it. We get to work at it and have those experiences of what is, how do I make my will to do his will, right? And then I understand what Jesus is talking about and I understand his, own, his, his authority, God says, in my life. Uh, verse 18, the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent me, sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? That's kind of a weird statement. What's he saying? You can't even get your own stuff right yourself. Why are you worried about me? Great point. Crowd answered, you have a demon. Who's seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it was from Moses, because it actually started with Abraham. right? Uh, and you circumcise... A man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because of the Sabbath? I made a man's whole body well? What are you doing here? Now, did Jesus get it wrong about it coming from Moses rather than Abraham? The practice started with Abraham, but Moses wrote it down in the law. So that's how we understand what Jesus is saying there for those of us. Or just getting used to the First Testament. Do not judge by appearance, verse 24, but judge with right judgment. Remember, remember earlier I was saying that I really had a hard time this week with uh, speaking openly about God? Guess what was this one of the other phrases that I had trouble with this week? I judge on appearance. I... I I don't think I can help. I think I can help it. I don't think I can. I don't know. But 
stuff that looks better is what I choose. And sometimes stuff that looks better is wrong. It's not, right? Look at sushi. <laughs> right? Looks like a gamble or a risk. <laughs> Verse 25, Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is speaking openly. And they say nothing to him. Which, by the way, I thought it interesting. He's speaking openly. right? No one else is speaking openly, but he'll do it. Love that. Uh, and they said nothing to him. They, don't they know this is the guy and he's right here and they've done nothing about it, right? Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? Ooh, now we're starting to question the right questions, right? Judging on what's right rather than just on appearance. But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me and you know where I come from. But I have not come of my own accord. Okay, you should maybe insert a bad Honda joke right there, <laughs> but we're not going to do it. Okay. Um, he who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. I know what I'm talking about. You guys are guessing. You're looking at appearances and listening to what you hear. You're trying to find a sign. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appear, will he do more signs than this man has done? What's that statement? What are they saying? Look at all the things this guy has done. Aren't these the signs that Messiah would do if Messiah came? Like, how's Messiah going to do more than this guy's doing? If they're starting to reason, make sense. All right? Verse uh, 32. Pharisees heard the crowd muttering. Hmm, I thought they were marveling. Now we're muttering? They're muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. And Jesus then said, I'll be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. Prophecy. You'll seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Ooh. Sometimes people ask, you know, how is it? Are you sure that Julie... Uh, Julie... I get Jesus and Julie confused sometimes. <laughs> it's a personal thing. Um, and I lost my place. Oh, can I come? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, people ask me sometimes, how do you have proof that Jesus really predicted his death? Well, it's like phrases like this. Right? Did he really say it was going to happen? Sure did. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll return. And it says even in the passage for that section, the disciples didn't even realize he was talking about himself until after the fact. And after the fact, when they write it down, oh, now I get it. Love that. It gives us proof. How many signs do we need to follow? And if the Messiah came, would he be able to do more signs than the ones we know of? We have more than the disciples had at that time. Uh, verse 35, the Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Can't outrun the long arm of the law. We'll find you. Have no idea what they're saying, right? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks, the diaspora, to teach the Greeks? Is he, he going to do even more stuff that we don't like? I mean, we spent too much time in Galilee already. God do things that fail to make sense for you? That make you mutter? Make you marvel? You know, marveling can be in a good way, and then marveling can be in a rough way, right? Where do those lead? Enough muttering and enough marveling 
I'm going to show you where it leads, right? Uh, what does he mean? You say you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this is said about the Spirit whom those you who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Now, nice try, but what's the problem with that? Here's the problem. Next slide. This really is the prophet. Others said this is the Christ. You know, it's, um, it's great to get partial credit, like on your math exam. Or you're taking your driving test, and well, you kind of failed, but now we're gonna we're only gonna dock you this many instead of this many, right? Um, when's partial credit really really bad? When you attribute partial credit to God. You know, it's like that uh, that phrase where they say the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. This idea that when you when you try to say. God is less than he is. Whoops. Uh, please let me know before you do that so that I can step a good distance away from you. Right? Um, and and I'll, I'll confess, this affects my theology greatly. This, this idea of attributing less to him or thinking he's a great prophet or a great teacher or he was a miracle worker. No, he's the Christ. And when I think about my theology of who God is and what He is capable of, I'm trying more and more to take things out of the column that He can't or won't do. Because He can do anything He wants. Right? I love the verse and hate the verse. With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That all word is the problem. Because there's a lot of alls that I want that he's making me wait for or won't ever give me. And then there's a lot of alls that, that, that just could never make sense. And trying to picture Jesus saying to me, no, you could never make sense of it. But I could do it faster than you can snap your fingers. I speak things into being. He said, let there be, and there was. So to call him a prophet, cute story. <laughs> Some of them are getting it right, though. This is the Christ. And maybe it's this week, maybe it's uh, you know the build-up to Mexico and this topic and the whole thing and not speaking openly, but then remembering who he is is the key to being able to speak openly. I'm getting goosebumps right now just realizing if he is true to scripture what it says he is amazing marvel that's just the beginning on the good side amen some of them are figuring it out i'm hoping that some of us are figuring it out that was my point of that whole Rant, but some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? Doesn't it? It does. How do we, how, how, how do we know this? Do you remember just like two and a half months ago? We had a little display here. Jesus born in Bethlehem. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was still the beginning stages of developing the internet, right? I have to say some of those things out loud so the people that are watching online can hear. Cause, yeah. Um, which, by the way, if you're online, type us a hey or a hello or something, just so we know you're there. Um, so it's supposed to be from Bethlehem, but we know it's from Galilee. Well, today we know both are true. So there was a 
So there was a division among the people over him. I'm starting to think that this whole passage was written about today. People confused about who he is. People questioning him. People having an agenda. People not speaking openly. And then causing division over who Christ is. You know where it happens the most? At church. Church people can be the worst. Because they forgot the commandment. Love your neighbor. When you finally get that down, then you can move on to judging other things. It's a trick statement because... Because why? You'll never get perfect at loving your neighbor. Right? Some of them, verse 44, wanted to arrest him and no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? And the officer said, nobody ever spoke like this guy. The Pharisees answered them, have you also been? Have you also been deceived? Why is that like supreme irony? The officers said, no, the, the Pharisees said, have you not also been deceived? Pot in the kettle, have we heard that phrase before? The, the ultimate people deceived are the Pharisees themselves. They're the ones that had the most trouble with Jesus. Have any of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? It's a great question. Are they, um, are they really trying to ask a question? Or are they really trying to make a derogatory statement? Right? It's in the fa- form of a question, right? But here's, here's the funny thing. Was there some Pharisees that actually believed? There were, right? Love the way they're playing Nicodemus in the, in the Chosen, right? Oh, oh, look, here he is. But this crowd has not, uh, this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. And Nicodemus, verse 50, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, said, does your law judge man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Ooh. Nicodemus is either starting to turn or he's already turned or he's trying to help them turn. I'm really liking Nicodemus in this passage. You? Yeah. They replied, are you from Galilee too? <laughs> oh, you must not know. You, you must uh, be a hometown ref, right? You ever had a hometown ref in a competition? I never have. <laughs> Bite my tongue like crazy. Um, it's the worst. Uh, you must be from Galilee too. Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. <laughs> That's funny, right? Where did the greatest prophet of all time come from? Galilee. and started in Bethlehem and they missed it, right? Um, let's hope, let's hope that we never miss it that much and we figure out how to do His will. Yes? May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to skip that next little section because we're probably not even going to talk about it next week, but we'll get into it. Uh, chapter 8 next week. So, uh, doing God's will. How, how do we do it? Let's make some observations from the passage. Um, and remember, I was thinking about this this week too. Anytime we teach uh, at the church or anywhere, any podcast, any book you read, are you getting a full teaching? Are you getting partial? Um, there's a bunch more stuff as to how we pursue God's will beyond what the four things that I'm going to cover right now. Um, but these are a good start, and they're from this passage, so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah? So figure out if we can come up with some action items out of this. Uh, number one. Marvel, is it marvel? Give us muttering, muttering, marveling, and did you see what came from the muttering and the marveling? Anger and anger are signs of the deceived. We saw a bunch of different characters that are struggling through. That's maybe a nice way to say it trying to figure out what's going on here. They're asking questions, and 
Are, are we allowed to ask questions? Are we supposed to ask questions? Yes. But there's having some questions for God, and then there's questioning God. Very different. Questions for God and questioning God. Total different flavor. Um, what do you think this sentence does with doing God's will? If you're muttering, marveling, and, and angry, it's a sign that you there's something off with you. How are you doing with God's will at that point? So is this a how-to God's will, or this is avoid this stuff, and you might get closer to doing His will? Notice um, we had a character in the story who actually tried to avoid these things. Right? Do you remember who it was? We get the name Nico from it. Nicodemus. I love that. Um, by the way, he wasn't the best character who avoided this stuff in the story because I just, I got you. I just got you. How'd I get you? Because Heitzman's not here. Who did the best of avoiding that stuff? Jesus, right? Hey, what are you saying? What are you doing? Hey, where I'm going, you can't come. I'm doing his will. I'm come from him. I'm going back to him. He attributes everything to Christ, right? He doesn't get into the muttering and the marveling and, and the anger and all that kind of stuff. He says, look, this, this is what I'm here to do. Calm. Love it. Uh, number two, uh, what's deceived lead to? When people, when, when people are, are off, they keep it to themselves. No? They pick a fight, tell everybody they can, they start talking openly. Public, don't they? And it causes, starts with D, rhymes with vision. Division. Deceived leads to division. And we see it throughout the passage. Um, people fighting, arguing, uh, getting to the point where they're angry. It's like, well, this is just a sign of your internal condition. And the ability to give up um, agenda. I'm, I'm super curious. We, we never get back to the brothers. Remember the brother said, hey, are you going to go up to Jerusalem? No, I'm not going. And then he goes up anyways. And Where are the brothers? They had to give up their agenda of Jesus coming, but then their agenda happens later. and We don't get that part of the story. I know... Um, this one hurts the most for me because guilty. I do this. I'm off at times. Regular. You should see the huge smile on my wife's face right now. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, he is. He's off regularly. Right? Um, is that for lack of desire or Lack of intent. It's just, look, I'm going to miss some things. Um, by the way, I get things wrong. Right? You need to be careful with the things that I say. Right? Now, was that true or do you need to be careful with what I just said? Right? Oh, sorry. Circular argument. Um, and I've seen division. I've caused division. And figuring out after the fact, oh, that was me. Whether it would be in my family or in the workplace or at church. Here's what I figured out. When that happens, where's the division the greatest? In me. I'm the one that's divided. And you can cause division with groups of people and you can ask questions, well, is he the prophet or is he the Christ? Yeah. But who's the one really in conflict? Scott. It's always Scott. He's in conflict. I'm in conflict because Scott's in conflict. No. It's not how it works. Um, it's brought to my attention that I said something last week that got some attention. I believe the phrase is 99.9% .9 of the time your pursuit of sexuality is off. Remember that? Some of you might remember that. Um, 
I was pointed out and corrected this week in good ways that that could be taken the wrong way. So I want to be really clear, okay? This is an interactive portion of the morning. I'm going to ask a very simple question, and you're going to answer it, okay? Is sex good? Yes. See? There you know. Now, there must be something else I intended with what I said, okay? And this person that mentioned it to me, we worked through a little conversation to, to rephrase what I said last week, and we're going to try it again so that I'm not deceived and you're not deceived and we don't have division. There's, there's two kinds of sex. There's God's way, and there's everything else. Right? This is the rare one. This is the easy one that gets you in trouble. Right? Have we clarified? Okay, sexuality is good. Uh, by the way, God designed it. Right? You're supposed to participate in it. Um, and actually, Paul says you're not to abstain from it for very long. So I just want to make clear, because the fear was that I said something about sex being somehow bad. It's not. But like anything, you can take it and misuse it and get yourself in a whole heap of trouble. Amen? Okay, number three. Here we go. How do we do God's will? Uh, clarity, we, we remember clarity and reality exist only in Jesus. Clarity and reality exist only in Jesus. My example of what I said last week and having to correct it this week, some some heard it a different way than I said it or meant it, that, that's, that's an example. No matter how much you go to school, no matter how much you study the scriptures, no matter how many kids you've raised, doesn't mean you're being a good parent or you're going to be perfect at theology. That's just it. I finally figured this out after three kids and realized I shouldn't have a fourth because I'm not getting any better at it. <laughs> right? Ask my kids. <laughs> you know, you got to have fun with it, right? Um, clarity and reality are very different. And your, your path to doing God's will is in the pursuit of Christ and asking Christ, God, make this clear to me. And I, and all, I tend to joke too much. All jokes aside, there are too many times where all of us have clarity issues that we want fixed. Guessing, wondering, fear of, or super excited because you think it was great and awesome and you're going to get blindsided later because you were unclear what they meant was actually sarcastic and they weren't complimenting you. They were actually ripping you to the bone, but you thought it was a compliment and you thought it was so great. So you go off pursuing something only to find out nobody shows up and you're on your own. That happened to me. Clarity is something that we get from God only. He's the only source. So we look in Scripture, we meditate, we pray, we get around people that do, we worship to try and get ourselves into the mindset of clarity. And that helps us experience reality. What is life really? Rather than can I make life that I'm over here, but I want to make life this. How do I, how do I push it over there? no. Acceptance is the answer to your current reality. What's going on? Now you work on things, but trying to force things, it just gives you a bad back. Uh, lastly, know God's will as over your own authority. Yeah. I, Jesus says this thing in the, he says, if, if you're really doing his will, then you can recognize that what I say is not my authority. But Jesus had learned that God's will was over his own authority. And too often we hear, I have my rights. Doesn't God want me to? Oh, you want to ask me what God wants right now? Ooh. I can give you a totally 
accurate, 100% correct answer of what God wants and His will for your life today? I can. Tomorrow. What's the joke there? And not a joke, because it's brilliant theology. Can anybody know God's will 100% right now in a moment? Can you know God's will 100% tomorrow about what happened today? Yeah, he wanted me to get through the whole sermon. How do I know? Because the next day I look back and go, ah, I made it through the whole sermon. Right? Yeah, Scott, that's what we all pray, that we can make it through your sermons too. Right? Um, and authorities, authorities, the... The new way to think, we hear the phrase, my will, God's will, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and, and will's been overused so many times it's lost its meaning. If we can think about it in terms of whose authority? Like, who, who are the authorities in your life? If God's the authority, who are the authorities in your life that He speaks through? Um, and I used to say this a while ago. I'm going to bring it back because I had forgotten about it. But w- what are the voices you listen to? Who are the voices you listen to? First and foremost, and you'd be Christ, His Father, and the Holy Spirit. And then any semblance of Him you can get from other places. But you've got to figure out where those places are. And then you, you recognize when you're wrong and you're not in charge. Amen? It's, it's fitting and poignant that we do communion this morning. Because communion happens... And he says, look, this is my body broken. This is my blood shed. And he does it right before he's going to have to give up his will, give up his authority, and do the hardest thing maybe God asked him to do. Out of obedience, went to the cross, despising the shame, paid our debt, proved his position, showed his heart, how many great things come out of the cross? All of them. And what had, what had to happen for the cross to happen? Jesus had to say, I'm doing God's will. And I'm, I'm going to run with it. Easy? Painful? It was rough. But the payout was Exponential. Maybe you need, um, it's a terrible way to say it, maybe you need a payout, an exponential payout on life. And you've never turned to God and said, all right, your will. I'm giving up my authority today. Here's my authority. I'm placing it at your feet. From now on, you're in charge. Your will be done. Man, if, if that's you, it's a simple ask. And then we help you. Because that's why we're here. We do more than just potlucks. Amen? Come talk to us. Let us help you. Father, we thank you for this morning and we thank you that it is possible to get over ourselves. That it is possible to have you as an authority over us. That you can show us right judgment. That you can push us through muttering and marveling in any of our emotions. You can clarify things that go through our head. And you can give us a real experience. Pray for anybody that needs that tonight, today. And, and ask that you would give them specific ways to have that with you. We thank you for all this, and we pray this uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, offering plates? We're going to do offering plates, guys, if you want to come down real quick. Um, and then we're going to do communion, as is the habit for us on the first Sunday of every month, where Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He dipped it in the wine. You guys can go ahead and start. Um, and it was great symbolism. It's a great ceremony. It reminds us of the value of ceremony, repetition, you know, coming to church every Sunday, that kind of thing. Um, 
But what was greater was what it actually represented when he fulfilled it. That's a great example for us. Um, you, you might ask today, what, what, what authority in your life does he need to break? Something you're holding on to. You need to open hand, release it, give it back to him. And, and, and ask him, Lord, do something with this for me. Do something with this. Really do something with me. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Come on up. There's two stations. One there, one here. Exit out this door to come back around. Let's participate together. Amen. There's a little gluten-free option as well. May he be the authority in your life. Amen? Go with him. <laughs>